1: it's a thursday here on the blogging the boys podcast network and of course that means it's time to get riled up on the cowboys with your man tom ryle and your boy roy white at rw 3 on twitter you can find him at tom ryle btb and of course you can find all the great content here the blogging the boys at blogging the boys on the twitter sphere and blogging the powered of course by our friends at sb nation um relatively uneventful week for the Dallas Cowboys, right? We got the news that Dalton Schultz uh, is not going to be reporting, um, which I think may turn out to be a good thing for the Cowboys, get some young guys uh, to get some reps. And then of course we know with the new collective bargaining agreement players don't really have much of a choice these days when it comes to camp holdouts. So I'm still thinking Dalton will be there, whether a new contract is signed or not, but I think that was the biggest note of Cowboys newsiness this week Tom anything else jump out to you
2: Uh, not about the Cowboys um I I did notice that the Los Angeles Rams who of course have been so deep in cap hell there's no chance they could field a competitive team despite being the Super Bowl defending champions have now signed another player in addition to paying Aaron Donald more than any other defensive player in history so uh you know, we just we just conserve the cap as cowboys and the Rams, they don't care. <laughs> so
1: well, we can. Yeah. I mean, we can roll it over in the next year, Tom. How exciting is that? I mean, man, you're saying you're done. not into it now, but wait till this time next season, Tom. Wait till you yeah, see what, what they said. do with
2: all that extra money, Tom. Right? Yeah, uh, yeah. We get to have our pie and have
0: our pie
1: mm, yes <laughs> we'll have lots of pie to eat and uh we'll spread it around uh in about six million dollar chunks or less um and we
2: want to hold it we want to hold as much as we can for 2024
1: oh that's right so, got anyway. big contracts to sign big uh, big players to sign and and we're not going to do that ahead yeah. of time tom we are definitely waiting yeah. until 2024 to get those underway. Yeah. So that's the Cowboys news of the week, but Tom and I, as we often do try to take a look at, you know, items that not necessarily everybody is looking at or talking about at the moment. Right. I mean, we could play the uh, what's the news of the day circumstances, but you know, I uh, think our good friend RG Ochoa puts on a great podcast every day coupled here on the blog and the boys network in which he will give you exactly that, right? The news of the day Uh, had a great breakdown this morning on the PFF uh, breakdown of Mike McCarthy and whether or not he should be considered one of the top 10 head coaches in the NFL. But for you and I, Tom, we wanted to take a look at, you know, a particular unit, right? Breaking this football team down and trying to figure out what it will be in 2022. And Ultimately, you came to a conclusion that I think many people are starting to come to grips with, and that is with almost a near certainty, the Cowboys are going to take a step back in this particular area in
2: 2020. Yeah. Yeah. The key, the key word uh, phrase here, rather, the terminology is regression to the mean. Um, the Cowboys were exceptional in one particular area and a lot of people talk about what a great job Dan Quinn came in and did but as I mentioned in the article that that gives a little bit more of my my thoughts in detail on this that's a bit of an illusion because all Dan Quinn did was get the Cowboys to somewhere around average if you look at things like yards surrendered and stuff teams were moving the ball against the cowboys you know adequately they weren't blowing them off the field but they were the cowboys were, were uh you know they were 19th and total yards allowed in the league so a little bit below median uh they that sounds like it's vote. good
1: tom that sounds like it's good a regression to the mean means we could wind up being like 15th in yards yeah allowed. but
2: that's not that that's not where the regression is going to happen see because if you look a little deeper the thing that kind of looks odd is that despite giving up a fairly decent amount of yards the cowboys had the seventh best scoring defense and you try to figure out well, why does that happened. well It's because of that one other area, that one specific place the Cowboys truly excelled, that was takeaways. You know, the Cowboys led the league in gross takeaways. They were tied for the lead in takeaway differential. Uh, And, you know, when you intercept the ball or recover a fumble, that tends to kill the other team's chances of scoring. So a lot of times what we saw was the other team would get moving and they get down past the 50 and the Cowboys would take the ball away. Well, that's great. We've got Trevon Diggs coming back. Micah Parsons is in his second year. So why, why don't we just expect the Cowboys to do that? Because you can't replicate takeaway performance. It's one of the most luck driven things in the NFL. Uh, And I, I didn't just say that as a you know uh, a hoary old trope or something about the uh, the NFL. There's actually articles out. Uh, there was one at Our where a guy went in and did you know the statistical analysis that's now permeating so much of the NFL and show that takeaways are just random. They're lucky events uh, mostly, Fumbles are almost pure chance, but in an article at uh, 538, which is another website that gets into s- statistics, and you know, they have a weird dual focus, they're big into sports and politics, which is kind of an interesting combination. But uh, on the sports side, last season they looked at um, something called uh, turnover. Uh, let's see, what's the term I got it? Turnover. Worthy plays is how they term it. That is where the, the ball is put at risk. And it turns out that one person has a big impact on that. That's the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Some quarterbacks take care of the ball. Some of them don't. You've got a you've got a thoughtful look on your face.
1: I do. And, you know, the podcast listeners can't see my face, but I was deep in thought in pondering that particular line of thinking, because if that is the case, right. And you and I have talked about this, right. A defense's mm-hmm. ability is oftentimes not predicated on the defense itself, but predicated on their opponent. Right. And while mm-hmm. regression to the mean in a vacuum does say that the Cowboys turnover number should diminish at the same time, I look at the Cowboys schedule And I don't really see a whole lot of quarterbacks that I think are all that turnover averse. In fact, I think I see a lot of quarterbacks that the Cowboys would benefit from playing against because they are not in the upper echelon of quarterbacks around the NFL. So while I agree with everything you're saying about regression of the mean, and I especially agree with the point about fumbles, right? Those are 95% luck right now you can get guys stripping the ball here and there but let's be honest a guy puts a hat on a helmet or a ball slips out of a player's hands and then the fortunate part that also exists is that you happen to recover it because how yeah, many because, times does a ball fall out and fall out of bounds or does a you know Dak Prescott recovered about six yeah. of his own fumbles a season ago
2: yeah and, and the whole likely the that whole they'll flavor. do that again yeah, the whole thing about where they go out and do a great job of stripping the ball and it bounces right to the guard's end. Bing. He, he recovers it for him. Bing. So, you know. so
1: I agree with all of those points, but then I do say to myself, right, well, Trayvon Diggs, he's probably not going to get, you know, 11 interceptions next season, but mm-hmm. how many players did they lose from last year that actually supplied interceptions for them, right? And I go down the list. They lost Carlos Watkins, who had one interception. Yeah, a decent loss there, but I, I don't think that's coming again. You know, Tank had an interception too, by the way, returned for a touchdown. So, you know, interceptions were coming pretty fast and furious for the Cowboys. But, you know, to other players that they lost, right? Um, they lost Keanu Neal, who had an interception, but, you know, didn't have a slew of them. Um, they uh, they lost, uh, there was one more name that's not coming to me, Demonte KZ. About a pair of them, right? But outside yeah. of that, I mean, the quote-unquote ball hawks that we may have or may not have, uh, J. Ron Kurse, Micah Parsons, uh, maybe not necessarily in that equation, but, you know, had a few last year. Layton Van yeah, he, had yeah, one. He,
2: Par, Parsons is going to help you more on the other end, pressuring the quarterback. No doubt. But the, the thing is that when, when you look at the actual – quarterbacks that the Cowboys are likely are facing this year and when I say likely these are the projected starters uh some of them can change for instance uh one of them is uh Davis Mills who did not get ranked in the particular article I was looking at because he wasn't starting uh when this article was written last year (laughs) um so he's kind of an unknown but when you look at the rest one thing that jumped out at me about this whole thing, because most people look at the fact that the Cowboys are going to be facing good old Carson Wentz twice a year again. And they think that's such a great advantage because Wentz is always going to wince. except at least through the first two-thirds of last season, Wentz didn't wince. He was the best quarterback in the league at taking care of the football. The best Mm. He was better than Tom Brady, he was better than Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, maybe we might be projecting too much of the past on what we expect next year. So he could be tough. Uh, the Cowboys still face Tom Brady, who's the fourth best. They've got Aaron Rodgers coming up, who was yeah, the ninth.
1: I mean, best. look, Rodgers, Stafford, Brady, Burrow, right? That's danger. Th- those are trouble. Right, maybe even Matt Ryan with yeah. the Colts because of the team that's around him. Right, if you want to throw Matt Ryan in, Ryan's,
2: right. Ryan's the good one. at protecting the ball. He's he's above average. No, uh, I don't. So disc- is-
1: yeah, but the other ones, I guess, I would say like it's a slew of
2: scrub a dub dubs. Yeah, but I- there's a lot of people. Stafford is interesting. Stafford's below average at protecting the ball, but that's I think because Stafford is pushing it down the field. And they're so effect, effective on offense. And, you know, then they got like Aaron Donald and a few other guys that can stop the other team if they get the ball away from you. Um, the thing is that what you're looking at, once again, is there's seven uh, seven of the guys that the Cowboys face because there's, there's like 13 players that you can look at. Mills you have to take out. But the other 13, seven of them. 13, I'll make sure i got my numbers right. Or, uh, just a second. I've got, let me I'll fix that. Yeah, six of them are in the upper half of protecting the ball. Seven of them are in the lower half. And some of the names are a little surprising. Like I said, Stafford is actually below average. Below half. Jalen Hurts squeaks into the top half. He's not bad at protecting the ball. And when they have to face him twice. So when you look at the numbers, what it says is the cabri- Cowboys don't have a great advantage here, which is just kind of an average strength. You've got some good guys. You've got some bad guys. You've got some average guys. It screams again, that regression to the mean, And I basically built this whole idea on the fact that for the Cowboys, it was the takeaways. If they had not had the takeaways, the Cowboys probably would have been a 9 or 10 win team last year mm. because they still had Dak Prescott doing some pretty good things, uh, even though he was operating on a bum leg most of the year. Uh, I shouldn't say bum. he just It was a calf strain, and it, it caused him problems.
1: Yeah, it uh,
2: they had Ezekiel Elliott operating on a bad leg most of the year, but they still were able to go down and get some points in a lot of games. But without the defense just shutting the other team down so often with a takeaway. You think about it, 34 takeaways, that's two
3: a game. Yeah. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs
1: at least two turnovers a game last season, it was all but five of them, right? And how many games did they win? 11. Now, granted, right, the games where they didn't have any turnovers, they only only had one turnover, was against the Eagles in the final game of the season. They wound up winning that. But the four other games in which they didn't have any turnovers, and those are the only games in which they didn't have at least two, they lost three, and 1-1 against the yeah. Minnesota Vikings when they didn't have any turnovers in their favor.
2: Yeah, and that was against Kirk Cousins, who is a little above average. He's he's pretty good. Oddly enough, Dak Prescott is not in the upper half in this category. A lot of people think he really takes care of the ball, but I think Dak Prescott sometimes puts the ball in there when he knows it's a risk trying to make something happen and then the aggregate it probably pays off more often than does it still uh you know it's something that he needs to work on.
1: i'll take my but, chances with dak the gunslinger you know
2: yeah i will but i, I like will too. look at
1: that because i agree um you know if you're talking about risk aversion i guess and that was the the topic of conversation i was more looking at you know kind of the quarterbacks that i think of maybe give the other team an advantage over ours and not necessarily the risk aversion. Cause you're right. Matt Stafford belongs in that list of guys who will take chances. He just has the, you know, fortunate situation of being with a team now who can make up the difference. Right. So it doesn't hurt him as badly. The Cowboys will be staring down the barrel to try to repeat what they did a season ago. Is that basically then saying that it's a guarantee that we're going to think less of Dan Quinn and the defensive job he's doing if they don't get those takeaways right and they do regress people were ready to make dan quinn the head coach of this thing this yes. offseason right there was think talk it, of that
2: i think it's going to come down to earth a little bit um because one of the things the cowboys did was they kept almost their entire coaching staff intact that's the article I wrote earlier in the week. Uh, the defensive coaches, I don't think anyone of significance changed. He just brought the whole band back. Um, or as to say that Mike McCarthy allowed him to bring the whole thing back because it appears that once the Joneses fire uh, hire their head coach, uh, at least under McCarthy, they've been letting him pick his staff. And so, you know, he brought Quinn in. Quinn built his staff and now Quinn's got another year. The Cowboys improved. Like I said, they got the kind of middle of the road, but they were behind. I think people just had a bad impression of the defense. I don't know how it statistically lined up. He elevated them probably eight, nine spots. If you look at ranking the teams overall now, he almost has to find a way to do that outside of turnovers just to kind of stay where they were. Uh, And that's going to be a big challenge when you've got the same coaches and a lot of the same players coming in. And also you don't have the surprise super weapon showing up in Micah Parsons this year. I've I've got a lot of hopes for Sam Williams future with the Cowboys, but he ain't going to be unanimous defensive rookie of the year i i just don't i don't believe that is in the cards at all uh and, and now teams know that parsons is there now team teams are not going to let jron curse fly a little bit under the radar so yeah i do want to you know, give
1: you a ray of hope in that regard though right because mm-hmm. i i get not being as optimistic about this unit help they lost Randy Gregory. They bet, you know, basically begged him to say, gave him the contract to do it. And now they're trying to convince everybody that the guys that are there, you know, are enough. And granted, I was one who was like, okay, yeah, we know you don't really think that because of what you were willing to pay. But when I step back and do look at the numbers, right, I can start to make a decent argument to support their theory. So I'll try to do that with you. Number one, DeMarcus Lawrence only played in seven games last season, first and foremost. So the idea that you did what you did last year without your second best defensive player for half of the season, that's an encouraging sign. Even Mm -hmm. though he only put up three sacks in those seven games, he was still a force. Uh, He, you know, had seven quarterback hits. He uh, had plenty of tackles for loss, right? Five tackles for loss at that time as well. And comparatively, right? Randy Gregory led the team in quarterback hits. He led the team in sacks with six, but he himself only played in 11 games. And, excuse me, 12 games. And Dorrance Armstrong, while he played in 13, right? He had five. So, you know, I could, again, start to put the pieces together to kind of say, you know, with a, with a, Full speed, full power, Micah Parsons, who they're going to utilize as a pass rusher almost from the jump, right? It felt like they waited a little bit to unleash his true mm-hmm. potential in that regard last season. And assuming Tank gets to the regular season fully healthy, right? We get to start a season with him in tow. I could kind of make the case that you know a regression to the mean from a defensive line standpoint may be coming as well. They they do have a decent revolving cast of contributors oh and for our podcasters you can't see tom's face but he is straining to take in what i'm telling him at this moment
2: because there's you built that your argument on well these guys aren't injured now we don't know who's going to get injured somebody gets injured that's one of the toughest things And injuries are one of the the biggest roadblocks that teams run into. And if you ask me right now whether I would want the Cowboys to maintain their dominance and takeaways or reduce injuries in in the, the year, I would take reducing injuries every time. If you can stay healthy by the end of the NFL season, you're winning just the war of attrition. You know, other teams, every team is going to see somebody hurt. It's just some teams have very few of them or they avoid the big players getting hurt. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, so for the Cowboys, will there be a star hurt? We know what happened in 2020. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, that is the, you know, that is the throw out everything. And, you know, if I, you know, I don't even want to say it out loud, but if what happened in 2020 happened again, I'd almost say Mike McCarthy gets another year just because he once again was put in an impossible situation. Uh, and Ooh. I know that's a, yeah, but he's on a four-year contract. Let Man. him play out his contract.
1: That's a good hypothetical. What are but the I, contextual scenarios? But believe
2: me, I, I don't want to talk. I don't want to jinx things, you know. I, yeah, think this, well, I hope this is real wood. I'm you
1: probably. just gave me and – we're going to have to discuss that on a podcast in the future, right? The scenarios in which Mike McCarthy doesn't accomplish what we all believe he needs to, which is an NFC championship appearance, right? What scenario could he possibly keep his job if that is not accomplished? But we'll save you that mean, you, for another day.
2: because well, I, uh, I, fa- I think the clear bring him back is an NFC championship game appearance. I think oh, he's I, got to at least win two playoff games.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I say, like, he can earn his spot back getting to an NFC championship game. Anything less, though, and I do think it's cut and dry. Get there, and you can stay. Don't, and you are gone. Yeah. I know it's not that simplistic in most cases, but I do believe that's where we stand with, with Mike McCarthy, and we'll see how he responds and the Cowboys respond as a team. When they get and, going less than yeah, hundred days from now, we're we're under the yeah. three digit number,
2: Tom, for yeah. the
1: NFL season to finally begin.
2: Yeah, and it's we've also got to watch what Dan Quinn does and what Kellen Moore does. Kellen Moore's gotta figure out how to better utilize his tools, especially since he doesn't have as many tools in the toolbox right now. Um, I, I don't care what anyone says, Amari Cooper may have been. A problem in some ways for the team, but they don't have anybody better than him outside of maybe CD lamb right now, you know, and I think CD lamb might turn out to be a better player overall than Amari Cooper. He's the only one they've got on the roster right now. That's on the same level in the same tier as Amari Cooper. Uh, you know, you've got a rookie, you've got James Washington, you've got a bunch of guys that have been riding the bitch, and you've got Michael Gallup not available for several games, uh, as a, as, at least as we expect. Mm-hmm. So Kellen Moore's got to figure out, you know, like maybe as Mina Kimes went off, he needs to get Tony Pollard. More involved. He's got to do something. He's got to help out Dak. Uh, he's got to do something so that the, uh, the offensive line has a chance to gel because we've got two major changes on the offensive line, although Terrence still was starting at right tackle a lot last year. So that's really not as big a shift. But, you know, we got to find out if the whole Tyler Smith experiment is going to work at left guard. And, you know, to me, to me, if they get the offensive line right, I think they get the offense right. That's just, you know, if, if if they do that, I think the other stuff will work itself out. There may be some groin pains for a couple of weeks, but I think everything will be okay if the offensive line works out. If they don't have a good answer to the offensive line, then I think they're going to have problems, and that could run the whole, whole season.
1: There are a lot of ifs to consider for the Dallas Cowboys offseason. If – they have anything new to give us from a new standpoint, we'll certainly have you covered at bloggingtheboys.com. You can, of course, follow Tom at Tom Ryle BTB, get all of his great insight, and of course, get that new article that's up on the website right now at Blogging the Boys explaining why the Cowboys will almost certainly struggle defensively in this particular category in 2023. So please check that out and check out all the other great content at bloggingtheboys.com for Tom. I'm Roy. We'll see you next week. Stay riled up on the couch.